Hello? Hey, Nick. It's Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne. What's going on? Uh, not too much. I, I just had an idea. What do you think about if we record a live episode of the podcast after the executive council meeting in Orlando? Hmm. Well, I think live from Orlando, it's the Issues on Appeal podcast. You are listening to the Issues on Appeal podcast, focusing on timely and timeless issues of appellate practice and professionalism. Here is your host, Dwayne Dyker. All right, thanks for joining me for episode 23. We are recording live at the Florida Bar Meeting in Orlando. Um, we invited people to stay, but there's, there's not a whole lot, but we may get some background, background noise. We are actually live. We are. Yes. <laughs> so I am here with most of the leadership of the appellate practice section. I'm here with Nick Shanine, who is the chair, Chris Donovan, the chair-elect, uh, Carrie Ann Wozniak, the secretary-treasurer, Sarah Lalu Amin, the immediate past chair. Uh, missing today is Kim Jones, the vice chair, who couldn't be here for the meeting. But oh wait, I'm here. I'm here. Hi, <laughs> Dwayne. No, that's Nick. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the appellate practice section because it's it's such a big part of my life, and I know I think it's safe to say that we are all big fans of the section. Yes, uh, here. I've been involved for at least 15 years. Um, I was chair of the section from 2016 to 2017. And so this is a good group of people to talk to uh, about, you know, so a little bit about the section and what's going on with it. So um, in no particular order, I was going to start with Sarah and ask, what, what was it that got you involved in the APS to start with? So what got me involved initially were some wonderful section leaders who were at my firm at the time. Hallis Andridge and C.C. Berman, and they brought me along, and the rest is history. Um, they helped me kind of get situated, find a home, find a place where I was considered, um, where I was really interested in growing and developing and ultimately leading the pro bono committee where I kind of started out and um, kind of taking it from there and then moving up through the officer track. And it's just been the greatest group of people, group of friends, and way to develop my practice. So does everybody have similar stories? Chris, I know you, we've talked about the fact that you don't really, didn't have a lot of appellate mentors growing up. What, what sort of got you into the appellate practice section? Well, mine is a story of being at the right place at the wrong time <laughs> and coming up with a great idea that somebody said, great, run with it. Uh, I think it was about six, seven years ago, maybe a little more, the uh, appellate judges had their DCA conference, uh, and I, I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. I'll go to it. And the, we were invited uh, as a section. And uh, uh, Dorothy Easley is also a past chair. She had been mm -hmm. encouraging me to get involved. Uh, I had worked with her in a case. And so I went to this meeting, and, and I met our, at the time, it was the uh, co-chair well it was really the chair of the of the subcommittee on telephonic cles uh and became friends with him and then later after that had an idea for a, a one of the telephonic cles and that's when he said yeah that's a great idea uh, why don't you plan it 
and then the rest was kind of history. So you, you sort of got roped in slowly without making a conscious decision. <laughs> you got to be careful what you uh, recommend. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Nick, what about you? you? You don't need an excuse to get involved in bar activities. but No, no, I don't. But interestingly, I was not active with the appellate practice section until uh, the, the last decade or so of my, my career that um, – you know, I grew up a poor orphan attorney as far as the <laughs> appellate practice goes. I've, I've, you know, these, these, my fellow colleagues have worked with large firms that have some, some tremendous people around them. Uh, I've always been the appellate guy, that if it was hard or outside the box, if federal, appellate, weird, it just landed on my desk. So I never had anyone to work with uh, to bring me into something like the appellate practice section. But when it was time to get board certified, I had the extremely good fortune to be on the same floor of a hotel with uh, three other people who were studying for the test, uh, two of which turned out to be uh, future chairs of the appellate practice section, Chris <laughs> Carlisle and Karen Bellis. Uh, so the four of us became the gang of four. Uh, I, can, I can brag that of the 17 people signed up for the test, only 12 were brave enough to actually take the test. Of those 12, only six passed the test. Wow. All four of us were amongst the six that passed. So. Nice. I really credit the bottle of red wine that Chris Carlisle insisted that we split at the dinner before the test. So no, thank you, Chris, for that. The, the red zin did its trick and we, and we passed. But the real benefit of that, in addition to passing the world's hardest test, um, is that uh, I got Chris Carlisle and Karen, Be- Karen Bellis to bring me in to this kind of bar service, to be part of the appellate practice section. And, and their, their encouragement, as, as you know, it didn't take much. It's a right. hint of, you want to hang out with us? Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and so from there, it's, it's uh, happened where I got to follow in their footsteps as, as chair. It's good that you needed friends. It, you know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carrie, what about you? Uh, any, any different story that you have? I guess my experience was that I had an appellate clerkship out of law school, and I knew that, based on that experience, that the appellate section was the place to be if you wanted to be an appellate attorney in the state. And so I ended up coming to my first meeting pretty soon after I started in private practice, uh, back in, I guess, the 07 time frame. And I was expecting to be kind of intimidated going into it because the section was kind of a well-run machine with very experienced attorneys at that time. But I was surprised by how welcoming things were, and I was able to get involved pretty much right off the bat. And I think it just involved me going continuously to the meetings, not just one and done, but actually showing up multiple times and showing my commitment. I got involved in the pro bono committee with Sarah, and Sarah became chair, and then I became chair after her. And then I had um, the great experience of being the chair of the programs committee, putting on the dessert reception and some other great activities, including the um, reception at the U.S. Supreme Court when we had um, our retreat there uh, last year. I think it was. The time keeps going by so Mm -hmm. fast, or the year before. Um, And so it's just been a great experience uh, meeting everyone, just a very diverse experience as well, and I'm really happy to be where I am now. Yeah, I guess it's funny. We all do have different stories. I decided that this was something I wanted to do because I wanted to, uh, you know, be an appellate practitioner and this seemed like a way to do it. And I remember coming to my first meeting knowing nobody here and pretty quickly getting to know, you know, uh, Matt Canigliaro and Jack Ryder and Steve Brannick and everybody is so inviting. Um, Strangers welcome, you know, at these things, which is great. So, Carrie Ann, um, now you were the secretary treasurer, 
and generally the way things work in this section is people work their way up through the officer positions to chair. So it's likely that you will be chair in another what, three years, I guess. Um, what was it specifically that made you want to get on the officer track? I've wanted to do it for a while. I think just based on the various experiences that I've had and seeing the people that went before me on the officer track. And I, I like leadership positions. I, I like kind of, I don't know what the phrase is, leading by following a little bit um, and knowing what everyone wants and, and kind of going with that. And I've noticed that that is the type of leadership that the section has had for a long time. And I really admired it. And so I knew I wanted to um, be a part of it someday. And so I was very honored when I was asked. Um, I think it was because I had the diverse experience of being involved in a couple of the other committees. And I also wrote some articles for the publications committee. So I had that experience too and have been involved for quite a while. But um, again, it was an honor when I was asked and it's a great group so far and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it is a great group to be a part of. And I've enjoyed it all um you know all the experiences so nick you are currently the chair you are uh, i am Uh oh (laughs) surprise uh three quarters of the way i guess through your term or two-thirds or something like that yeah Um, he's not counting 144 days left in my term but yes no 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 counting here when you look back a little bit what is it that you're most proud of uh in your time as chair and, and as officer you know we really are so blessed to have so many uh, smart, uh, involved people in this section that part of being chair is simply not getting in the way of the goodness that is all around you. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, not to toot the appellate practice horn, but appellate attorneys are a self-selected breed. Um, that uh, we're almost always that smart kid from the corner of the room, uh, the one who might not have been, you know, quarterback or, or uh, you know, <laughs> had, had whatever. But, uh, you know, th- this group is going to always be blessed with some really smart people who, if engaged in a common goal, can produce some amazing results. Uh, so, so part of being chair is just allowing those people to do their good works and to give them an outlet to do it and to not get in the way if they're being productive and doing some amazing stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a great way to look at it. Now, Chris, you're, you were the chair-elect, so you're, you're already in, right? You, you will be the chair next year. That is uh, inevitable at this point. Like um, Thanos, it is inevitable. <laughs> so what, uh, is there a theme or are there some goals or what are you looking forward to the most for your year? Oh, wow. Talk about putting me on the spot. <laughs> Uh, not screw it up, <laughs> keep the ball, keep moving forward with everything. Uh, I know that I uh, certainly feel that I am in some in, in the uh, in the shadow of some great chairs that have preceded me, and uh, uh, I do feel that pressure of keeping uh, the section moving forward and as successful as it has been in the past, and as I know that it can go forward. But in terms of actual stated goals, like uh, Nick had before, and Sarah had before. No, I guess I'm still thinking about that one. I yeah, mean, we're going to have, have this, time. We're going to have this great ret- retreat, which I'm planning. So yes, yes. yes. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that maybe at some point. Um, all right. So I have to assume that everybody listening to the podcast is at least aware of the appellate practice section. If they're lawyers, I, I hope they're members. If they're not, they should be because they're, they're smack dab in the middle of our target audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, somebody want to talk to 
if you want to be, if you are a member of the Florida Bar and you're not already a member of the section, how do you go about joining? Check the box. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, there is, of course, the Florida Bar sends out its uh, annual membership re up, and because we are a mandatory bar, uh, everyone has to re up as they should want to. Uh, but optional is the opportunity to be a member of a section. And I was just at a Council of Sections meeting yesterday. That's an organization that has one member of each of the uh, various sections. And I learned that there are uh, over 41,000 people who have checked that box. Uh, actually, there's over 30,000 unique individuals who have become members of the sections, uh, of which, because many are members of multiple sections, we have over 40,000 section members. Um, but that's actually very meaningful because uh, there are dues attendant to being a member of the section, and uh, there's going to be more meetings or more things that you're, you're going to uh, be part of that you, people don't have to do. It's not mandatory like it is to be a member of the Florida Bar, and yet over a third of our bar says, no, I want to be a member of a section. So all they have to do to be a member of our section is just check the box, um, and even if you haven't checked the box, show up at any of our meetings, and we're going to consider you a member. Uh, we will then encourage you to check the box next year. Uh, because <laughs> that is part of how we make money, right? <laughs> well, and, and it helps us do the collective things that we can do. But I think the, the section dues are, what, about 40 bucks a yeah, year? 40 yeah. 50 it's, it's It's not much. Well, and let me just jump in also because we have this initiative right now to try to increase membership through – uh, uh, bringing in government attorneys, and we have a a, a, a joint membership with the government section. Uh, am I right on the government section and the appellate practice section, where you know it's one 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 stop dues, so to say, and it, it makes it much cheaper to join. So there's really no reason not to join. It actually worked in reverse for me. I'm of course a longstanding member of the appellate practice section. I actually do represent the Orange County Supervisor of Elections and Orange County's Clerk of Courts, and so who I just met outside, by the way. And and so for for the extra five or ten dollars, I'm now a member of the government law section, thanks to the joint membership opportunity. So yeah, it's it's definitely got the confluence of of opportunities there. So I think we sort of alluded to this before, but once I check that box, or I intend to check the box, and I want to get involved, you know, what's what's the best way to jump in? Really, the best way to get started is to come to the meeting. So the Florida Bar publishes its schedule with all of the section's meetings um, in advance of the meetings. And we meet at the winter meeting and at the annual meeting. And then um, while some committees continue to meet for the fall meeting, that's when we hold some other special activities that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but come to the meetings. If, if you know someone, excellent. Reach out to them. If you don't, um, go to our website and find someone. We have lots of friendly faces on there. Find someone who's heading up a committee that sounds interesting to you. Email them, and they'll, they'll get back to you. We, we're a really friendly bunch. We're a really open bunch, and we're welcoming and love to see new energy and new people joining all the time. Yeah. Each time that we meet, we usually, before the meeting, we have these committee meetings, right? And the way I got involved was I showed up to those and picked a table. Usually mm -hmm. the tables are labeled for CLE, publications, outreach, whatever. And you sit down at a table and you'll be welcomed. And, uh, you know, chances are you'll get a job. And boy, the best way to get like really liked around here is to take on a job, right? <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you know, they you don't have there's not a significant time commitment either. That's right. I mean you, you can you can certainly eventually be a committee chair or 
an officer, and, and that does take up some time. Uh, but to actually be a committee member or just a member of the section and show up, then really the only commitment is to come to the fun stuff like the winter meeting and, and the Florida Bar uh, Convention. Yeah, and the executive committee meetings are open to everyone. Yeah. Everybody can come, listen, get a feel, and and see what's going on. So I, I, I think the moral is if, if you want to get involved, you just have to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about what are some of the what are some of the benefits of membership? Uh, there's there's a few. Um, somebody want to pick one? We're so much fun. I think that's first and foremost. I'm glad that comes in at number one. Everybody loves a grammar debate. We're, we're here for that. Two we're spaces or one space. Hashtag one space. <laughs> Hashtag Oxford two spaces. spaces. If grammatical debates are your thing, this is the place, right? This and the appellate court rules committee is your yes. bag. Yes. Um, I would say a benefit for younger attorneys, having been a younger attorney, as most people have been, is that you can get some amazing mentorship opportunities. And a lot of what my favorite thing to do when I was younger is just to sit and watch and listen to the debates that went on with the more senior members about various section business, about the bar, about cases and judges that were getting appointed. I learned so much just from sitting and watching and listening. And it was really fascinating to me. And in addition to getting involved, I think that's it's also just a priceless opportunity because everyone's here in one place from all over the state. It's great. And and if you sit around long enough, somebody will invite you to dinner, right? Or to the bar for, for some drinks. And it's a great opportunity to get to know people. And we're fortunate that we have a lot of judges that get involved. In the meeting we were just at, there were five judges, I think, who were here, appellate judges, which is great. Yeah, that's what I was going to add, is that you, you, you could get FaceTime with some of the judges because we have uh, a judicial liaison to all of the DCAs as well as the Supreme Court. So, And they, they come to the meetings, and they come to the retreats, and they, come to the, they invite us every other year to their DCA conference. We usually have about 50 slots, and uh, it's, it's nothing but a, a sea of appellate judges. Yeah, let's talk about that because that, to me, is one of the most mind-boggling benefits of membership, and mm-hmm. you do have to be a member of the section to go. But So the, if people don't know, the DCA judges in Florida, they have a conference every year where they get together amongst themselves and FCLE and such, and they actually invite 50 members of the section every other year or so. It's never a guarantee, but so far it's been pretty regular. Uh, when it doesn't get canceled by hurricanes and, and that kind of thing like last year. But but how incredible to be a part of a group that gets invited to a judicial conference where the whole thing, is, it's all judges, it's very casual, it's a very nice atmosphere. I mean, that's that's awesome. Who would not want to do that? If you're an appellate practitioner, the answer should be no one. Everyone should want to do that. And we do get invited every other year. We already have been invited for 2021. Um, and the amazing thing is, the uh, educational component oh, yeah. is phenomenal because mm-hmm. the judges have They resources. don't fool around on that no. respect. They, they get national speakers, and it's, it's fantastic. Well, the first year that I was speaking about earlier that actually got me involved, that year they had uh, Justice uh, Thomas from, yes. from the U.S. Supreme Court there. So, I mean, they really do get some great speakers. I still have the picture on my desk of me and uh, <laughs> Justice Thomas. <laughs> and and as much great. as the appellate practice section puts on some phenomenal CLEs, <laughs> yes. our, our resource to, to some top-shelf uh, talent from, from outside of borders of our state is not nearly what they can they can pull in and so for them to invite us every other year to join with that is definitely a huge member benefit and uh, when you said you have to be a member to go that's a absolute Mm -hmm. rule 
uh, when we had our sign up, there's simply no option if you're not a member of the appellate practice section. Yeah, you can't pay $20 extra and go and not be a section member. That That's is, right. That is correct. And and those spots are limited, too. So the more active you are with the section, the better chance there is that you can you can get one of those first 50 spots. Yes. You can't pay $20 extra to go, but you can pay $40. That's or right. Whatever <laughs> the current number is and become a member of the section. Oh, that's so a that's good point. You do. <laughs> um, now, on the years that we don't go to the DCA Judges Conference, we, do, we have started doing uh, a retreat. Uh, this is a an old tradition that got renewed in your year and in my year and feels pretty strong we we went to key west that year Mm -hmm. and had dinner at mallory square with the sunset which was pretty amazing uh then uh the year after that we went to washington dc and got uh into the uh, bowels of the supreme court uh where we had uh, a, a meeting there and uh that was just, you know, it just you feel like a lawyer when you're in Washington D.C., right? It's yes. just, uh, it's great. Uh, and then, Chris, uh, you are planning something for next year for St. Augustine. I am, yes. The uh, I was just actually scrolling to my calendar to make sure I have the dates right, but it's September 24th through the uh, 26th. We're going to be staying at the beautiful and haunted Casa Monica. I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, uh, we've got some great things planned. I can't really. I mean, we got a. We're still planning it out, but we've got uh, uh, some really amazing speakers we're talking to, bringing in uh, some pretty famous people too. That, that you'll uh, you'll definitely want to be there. But you know, it's going to be. It's like I said at the uh, at the EC meeting today. It's going to be a little bit of work because we. The part of the goal also is to have some sort of long range planning so that we can keep rolling out great initiatives like we did during during Sarah's year in DC and your year in, in uh, Key West. Uh, but I really want to have a front loaded about a, uh, on fun, you know. So yeah, no, that's great. And um, we should also mention we we're talking about you know benefits to being part of the section. The section has a really strong pro bono program. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to be a member of the section to take pro bono cases, but we are a clearinghouse for those things, and we kind of make it somewhat easier. Um, Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit about what some of those opportunities are? Twist her arm. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to get me to talk about pro bono. Everybody knows that. Um, So it's not. Um, In fact, I'm a pro bono matchmaker, and if anyone out there wants to do pro bono work, you can call me, and I'll be glad to find something that would be a wonderful opportunity for you and very meaningful for you. We have so many of those opportunities through the appellate practice section, And it's a wonderful thing because it's um, appellate work that's immediately available to you. And you can do it with the guidance. If you you are a newer attorney, you can do it with the guidance of a board-certified appellate specialist. Um, We have mentors available. And we have programs with the Guardian Ad Litem's office. And that's a very streamlined, well-run program. Um, There's a lot of support available for that. We have a program with the Veterans Consortium. You can take um, appeals in the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Um, We have agreements with legal aid offices. They contact us throughout the state um, when they need appellate assistance. Um, We sometimes get referrals from the Florida Supreme Court. It's a fantastic program. You sign up. You're on a list. We let you know um, when there is a case available, and if it's something that you can't do at the time, you just delete the email. So it's a no-obligation kind of situation, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And we were just talking about the stats today of how many 
hours the section members have donated to uh, pro bono projects. Like we're approaching about five thousand hours, I think I heard today. That's so that is just amazing. You know, a couple a couple briefs a month for sure. Uh, six, six, I think, right. is the, on the average, uh, is being handled by by appellate practice section members through our organized pro bono, and who knows how much other pro bono people are doing, but through the organized program. So that's just amazing, and that's a cool uh, cool part about being a part of the section. And if I can jump in for a second on this too, um, I'm a past chair after Sarah of the committee, and I'll just say it just took a little bit of organization to get so many willing participants to take on all of these um, cases, which was just amazing. It just shows how willing uh, all of these people are to take on these cases. And something else that we started doing was really recruiting a lot more pro bono attorneys who are probably members of the section, but maybe not by doing free CLEs about practicing in certain DCAs. We did it in the fifth DCA, the third DCA. We had a great program yesterday on um, appellate practice for pro bono. And the big thing for me is teaching people how to fish, like not just handling uh, not just the pros handling an appeal, but teaching other people who really want to learn how to do it, um, how to be an appellate practitioner and take on these cases at the same time. And just to jump in, for younger attorneys, it's particularly helpful because if you're trying to work towards your certification and you're working under a partner who kind of wants to do the oral argument himself or herself or the client simply wants that, then it can be tough to get your five uh, oral arguments uh, that you need, and this would be a way to do that. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I serve on the board certification committee for appellate, uh, appellate specialty, and it's amazing. There aren't too many uh, candidates who come through that haven't done a few guardian ad litem appeals because it, you know it's something that we do. It's something that we do that helps build your experience and, and that sort of thing, which is great. This episode is again sponsored by CSBA, but they've slightly updated their name to reflect their focus on court-related surety bonds. CSBA is now Court Surety Bond Agency, emphasizing the fact that CSBA is the nation's leading surety agency specializing in supersedious bonds. CSBA has recently created a new website that is a great resource for appellate attorneys, includes general information on the nuts and bolts of securing an appellate bond with specific forms of collateral, an interactive map with each state's stay and appeal bond requirements, and a list of surety companies certified for use in federal court. Be sure to check it out and bookmark the site in your favorite browser. If you have a client needing to stay enforcement of a judgment in Florida or any other state or federal court, contact Court Surety Bond Agency. They can be reached at courtsurety.com or toll-free at 877-810-5525. Their contact information is always in the show notes. My thanks to CSBA for being a longtime sponsor of the Issues on Appeal podcast. Our next meeting coming up is the annual meeting. Yes, it is. Uh, it is, I think, one of the best times to try and get involved in the section if you were interested. In, uh, there are so many things that go on there. Um, tell me about some of the opportunities to get involved in the appellate practice section at this annual meeting. Sure, that we very much encourage everyone to show up at the Florida Bar Annual Meeting. It it, it is designed to be just that, a convergence of all of the attorneys uh, who are interested in anything that the Florida Bar is doing to all be in one place at one time. Obviously, with a bar that now sizes out at 100,000 people, we don't have 
that many people, but we do. It is definitely the largest uh, con, uh, assembly of lawyers in the state, uh, and it's you know we got always all of the Florida Supreme Court justices are going to be there. Almost all of the district court of appeal judges, uh, most of the circuit court judges are going to be there. Uh, courts are often not held during the bar, bar days because of that. And we encourage everyone to come here. And when they do, the appellate practice section will have its annual meeting. Uh, normally we have a full room and we will always take the time to go around the room and introduce ourselves, including the brand new members. And so uh, we hope that the new members or people who are interested will show up. Uh, we, in fact, have our outreach community has started a bring a buddy program. <laughs> so if someone says, hey, be my buddy for the uh, meeting, please say yes and uh, and go with one of us. But even if, if no one approaches you but you're listening to this podcast, obviously you have an interest in all things appellate. And we encourage you to just show up. Um, and introduce yourself to any one of us officers, or, uh, and we'll, we'll happily uh, you know, get to know you and uh, help you be a member of our section. Uh, we would look forward to that. Well, and there's the dessert reception. Oh, my. Did I fail to <laughs> mention the dessert that. reception? I was going to prompt you on that. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, the appellate practice section is the proud host of an amazing evening reception that follows on that same Thursday evening. Um, it is open to all members of the Florida Bar, not just appellate practice section people. And trust me, many, many members of other sections have learned about the goodness of our uh, appellate practice section dessert reception. We're normally known for top-notch desserts, uh, top-notch uh, fun. Uh, some libations, some libations here and there. Yeah. Are, are available, um, you know, and we don't we don't make you be an appellate practice section member to get your 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 properly color-coded ticket on your way in uh we'll we'll give it to you regardless of what section you're a member of and you can you can get some of those libations but uh you know uh carrie ann wozniak uh has has done a fantastic job the last couple of years as a program chair um and uh last year's uh uh evening in paris no last year was rock the yacht oh it was yes and the year before was um (laughs) an evening in paris so we're going back to a european location this coming year although i'm not chairing it this year diane de wolf has taken over very ably and it is going to be um when in rome so there will be a lot of the romans (laughs) italian desserts and libations and music and entertainment it'll be fabulous so when in rome is the theme and will we have fun i promise you (laughs) i promise you we will well and you guys jump to the super fun stuff first but also um there is the moot court finals uh, the law school moot court finals is is always that Thursday, and the section is involved in that too. So you can get a chance to see some excellent uh, oral argument competition, and then that's always hosted by some or all of the Florida Supreme Court. And there's usually a discussion with the court afterwards, so that's always an, a can't miss. Last year, uh, so the chair of the appellate practice section gets the honor while uh, the the deliberations are occurring uh, and the tabulations are being done to determine who the winner is. Uh, the appellate practice section gets to ask uh, questions of the judges. And so as chair of the section, that, that duty fell upon me. Chris gets the honor this year coming up. Uh, and, and I had what I would have thought was the unique opportunity to have as part of that 7-3 uh, first-time justices. <laughs> As it turns out, uh, Chris will likely have at least two uh, first-time justices himself. But it, it, it proved a really interesting opportunity to get to hear uh, from justices that we had not heard from before in that capacity. Uh, and they, they did a fantastic and open uh, job of answering those questions. They gave some some good insight that, that was useful to us practitioners, but also useful to uh, the, the, the rest of the audience and just knowing what it is 
that they do and how they do it. It's it's a it's kind of eye opening a little bit, and it's certainly something every member of the Florida Bar who who has an interest in what goes on at the top levels of our judiciary should come and come and visit us when we do that. Definitely. And the last thing I was going to mention on, on the annual meeting is also as the outgoing chair, you will host a reception in your hotel room. Oh, why? <laughs> why? Why? Yes, I guess I will. Yeah. So, um, and, and now I'm inviting the entire world, uh, the entire world who's you know at the Florida bar meeting. Yes, must must be present to enter. But uh, the details on that will be announced at the uh, at the. EC meeting, so uh, that is that is but that is a great else. opportunity too to meet people. It, it, oh, it genuinely is, and it's 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 a fun fun of you know very informal event. But as you just mentioned, those details I don't even know them now to reveal them if I could. But right. <laughs> uh, you have to go to the EC meeting to find out. So if if you haven't been incentivized by anything that my fellow wonderful officers have said as to why you should come to the EC meeting, if you come, you find out the secret word that lets you into the party with the beverages afterwards. So there you have it. Please Just come like and join us. Yes, yes. <laughs> Speak easy and, and enter. Right. Well, listen, I, I know uh, you all have lots of things to do, and I really appreciate you taking your time. Is there, is there anything else we should talk about before we, uh, before we wrap it up and, and get on with our, uh, the rest of our day? You did cover that the appellate practice section is the best section of the Florida Bar, right? Well, I think that's implicit. Okay, well, now it's explicit. <laughs> and, and Dwayne, thank you for, for hosting this podcast and for letting us be part of it. That, uh, it's, we, we enjoy listening to it it's it's a rare opportunity to have something just for for us ability types on, on, on the podcast waves so thank you for doing this for sure and thank you guys really appreciate your time my thanks to nick shanine chris donovan carrie ann wozniak and sarah laluamine remember podcasts are never legal advice but if you need legal advice from an appellate lawyer i'm happy to try and help you can contact me at Issues on Appeal on Twitter or at my professional email, ddaiker at shoemaker.com. My contact information is always in the show notes, which are available in your podcast player or on our website, issuesonappeal.com. And please consider using our sponsor, Court Surety Bond Agency, for your clients' appellate bond needs. Their contact info is in the show notes. Please take a moment now, add it to your contacts, so you're ready when your client needs a supersedious bond. My next episode, number 24, is an interview with Manon Fogarty, the Grammar Girl. We'll finally get some answers to questions that have been plaguing us. Stay tuned to find out. Thank you for considering this week's Issues on Appeal.